This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. You don't understand. I need pie. What the heck is going on? This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural for your enjoyment and our own. Somebody yeah. qu- somebody questioned okay. this on that, Chris. Yeah. Some- somebody yeah. was like, is this just a job to you now? And I was like, no, this is way cooler than a job. Do we sound more miserable now? I mean, I'm always um, miserable, but I love recording podcasts. Yeah, this is this is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, this is the whole yeah. thing. Like, being able to watch a show that I like and then, like, discuss it in detail with a dude that I'm friends with is a great thing. That's that's a baller cool. place to be. It's cool. It's cool. People listen to us. That's true. And people listen to us and talk to, about us and, like, yeah. talk about what we say back to us and tell us that we're funny. It's easily the best thing that I've ever done. Like, easily. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> We're not parents, so we, in a way, in a way, we're podcast ads. Exactly. The, I think like the the worst feedback we've gotten off the show is that one chick who called herself a witch and said she wanted to help us with the lore, and like that's not yeah. even bad. That's, that's not, not. That was just that bad. was helpful. That was, was just yeah. I was I was a little scared at first because I hadn't you know I had a closed mind at the time. It's been two years, you know, a lot has changed. I've matured a lot. I respect <laughs> witches a lot more now. Dean Winchester is one. We're way in, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a warlock. Chris. He's there's, a, okay. There's a subtle enough. difference that I'm going to spend twenty. Five minutes talking about right now. So. <laughs> get, get your keyboards ready, folks. Okay, and we're, and we're back. <laughs> uh, so before we get talking about the main part of the episode, I just want to say a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this past weekend, if you're listening to this on the early feed, or well, I guess two weekends ago, if you're listening to this on the early feed or right as it comes out, um, right before we recorded this was the annual Duckstream event. For those of you that don't know, uh, I do podcasts over on the duckfeed.tv network. They do a variety of podcasts. Um, Every year they get together and do a charity stream, a live 48-hour stream uh, to benefit a group called Transactive, which is a group based in Portland that benefits trans kids and trans youths and and helps them out with supplies and resources. Uh, Very cool organization. They've been doing this for like five or six years now. Uh, I've been participating for the last few, and it's just one of the highlights of my year. It's so much fun. I want to thank each and every person from the Monster of the Week community that uh, came out and donated and made Gary and Cole read awful memes in the donation <laughs> comments. There was a lot of nut bloods. There was a lot of demon blood in me, Sam. There was a lot of Big Kick Sam. There, I think there was like 10 people that donated under the name Big Kick Sam. So thank you, each and every one of you, for that. I, yeah. I very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. I'm going to try to find audio of uh, Gary and Cole reading that stuff and put it into the episode because uh, it's always a good time. Cole, especially has a really yes. good delivery on all of that it just deadpans <laughs> it so perfectly does. it's nice yeah um, so thank you everybody that did that and uh also thank you everybody for donating some money at patreon.com slash monster of the week we've had a yeah. bunch of new patrons over the last couple of weeks and that feels really really great so thank you guys for doing that yes. um at the time um, the- you're listening to this it's your last opportunity to jump in at the five dollar tier and get a special gift in the mail so go do that and uh, I'm just going to shout out Nora as our most recent patron. So thank you, Nora. Thank you, Nora. The community is getting uh, bigger every day and mm-hmm. more vocal with us and with each other. And it's super awesome to kind of watch this come together. It's it's you guys are great. Yes, absolutely. 
we're up to 85 patrons. That's 85 people that are like, here, have some money to do this podcast about hunks. Yeah, that's, that's insane. insane you guys, me. that's so, insane. <laughs> so thank you very much. Each thank you, everybody. For doing that. Uh, Chris, before we get into what's been happening, I want to get just a general preview of your feelings about this episode. How, how are you feeling about um, it? Okay, so I went into it thinking, hmm, that, you know, general, general, hmm, reaction, as, as you know, uh, I am wont to do at, at times. Then I texted you, and I said, oh yeah, fuck this episode. <laughs> this, I don't like this one. But then as I was watching it, I didn't like the implications of it, but like the episode itself, I was like, all right, this is, mm, this is fine. This is fine stuff. I'm going to um, go into to more detail, but uh, I think this episode definitely would benefit if you were binge watching because uh, it feels it feels a little slight uh, and it feels mm-hmm. like it's so much of a build up episode that it when it ends, which was a surprise to me because I was like, oh, they're just not going to resolve. Yeah. Oh, it's that they over. Talked about. OK, <laughs> I guess I'll wait a week. Thanks. Uh, but I, I feel like if you had the Netflix, you know, episode starting in, in 10 seconds thing going right and you go right into it, like I feel like that would probably work better. But definitely for me personally, I, I, I w- it was a little jarring going through this. Um, but. Before we get into our our huge, I keep saying before we do stuff. I don't know why I keep doing that. Like before we get into this, let's do another thing. Chris, why don't you why don't you catch us up on what's been happening with season eight so far? Okay, last time on Supernatural, the third trial has been unlocked, and Castiel is finally back with the boys. But getting these three Mouseketeers back together wasn't so simple. Kevin has been kidnapped by Crowley, and content to believe that he's dead, the boys set off to find Metatron, the Scribe of God. Meanwhile, the effects of the God Trials are taking their toll on Sam, who, amidst a flurry of fever dreams, finally reveals to Dean that no matter how hard he tries, he'll never be a hobbit, like, in the stories, or something. <laughs> Dean is very confused by this. <laughs> of course not, Sammy, he says. How could you be a hobbit? You're eight and a half feet tall. It just won't work. He suggests that Sam could try being an Ent, you know, one of the huge talking tree people, but then Sam's forehead vein... Uh, throbs them both out of the conversation. Back in Angel Land, things are just as out of control. This is a long one, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, Chris. Keep going. After taking the bus downtown to Biggersons, Castiel is finally apprehended by the Heaven Cops and is found to be smuggling an angel tablet up his ass like some kind of biblical drug mule. In a diabolical demon double cross, Crowley shows up, steals the tablet, leaving behind Eon, the tragic angel who's just caught up in the middle of something bigger than himself, struggling to find his place in all of this madness. Remember our boy Eon? Castiel saves him the trouble by sticking an angel bullet in his eye and then zaps himself out into the middle of the highway just fucking praying that Dean will finally run him over and put an end to all of this. Rest in oh. peace, Eon. <laughs> and Metatron tells the boys that the third trial says that they have to cure a demon, and he saves Kevin. Surprise, boys, you ain't free of him yet. Very good. I feel like that was an excellent summary of everything that happened on season eight. Are we? Yeah. Do we expect these to get longer and longer as the season goes on? Like in season nine, you're going to be like, "Yeah, something happened," and then like I expected this to be like four sentences because I didn't really feel like doing it, and it was <laughs> the longest one that I've ever read. So <laughs> you just got in there. So we're going to be covering uh, season eight, episode twenty-two, called "Clip Show," written by Andrew Dab, directed by Thomas J. Wright. It aired on May eighth, two thousand thirteen. Familiar faces return as the third trial nears. Sam and Dean reunite with Castiel. Digging through the Men of Letters files, they stumble upon an undiscovered film, which could be the key to the third trial. Metatron enlists Kaz. (laughs) It's weird when they just say his name is Kaz and the thing, right? Like, that's a weird thing. (laughs) Metatron enlists Kaz to mull over problems at home. Meanwhile, Crowley digs into Sam and Dean's past. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, Clip Show is an accurate 
title for this uh like normally when you see clip show you expect to see like a five minutes of content and like everybody remembering things that happened on previous episodes mm-hmm. and that's not mm-hmm. this they subvert that uh but they bring up a bunch of stuff and it starts us off right in the beginning when we see a familiar face uh in tommy who is uh way back from season one from season the one? wendigo episode yeah yeah not, not the wendigo hey. episode which is the way that i always want to say it but everybody else says it wendigo for some reason i always said wendigo and they said they say wendigo in the show so that's what we'll go with but yeah i was like oh shit it's my boy tommy he's he's back he's got wendigo ptsd he's out in the woods trying to you know mack it with his honey but he keeps looking out like oh shit i hear a spooky wendigo out there and he's freaking out and she's like babe you need to chill out and the energy that i'm bringing to the microphone right now was the energy of me taking notes hyped up that's my boy tommy big ups to my boy tommy uh you're a survivor you know you're strong you're gonna get through this and then i fucking remember (laughs) what episode this was (laughs) and he starts hearing things and then his head explodes uh i i love the i love like because there's a build-up to this uh where he starts hearing things and he thinks it's a wendigo so he starts telling his girl who is not hearing anything it's a wendigo and she's like who the fuck have i drugged to, to the middle of the woods with to bone yeah. down with he's going crazy i should i should have taken ryan instead of tommy i had that choice and i went tommy i had instead. that choice with ryan <laughs> <laughs> poor ryan who is definitely not scared of wendigos but uh tommy grabs a fucking uh propane f- flame yeah. out of yeah. it because because he came fucking he came strapped chris this he dude came, came strapped, strapped he's like yeah no i i ain't the one he declares <laughs> <laughs> fuck you wendigo i'm gonna i'm gonna deal i'm gonna deal with this and then yeah he he starts bleeding from the his ears and his and his eyes and then his whole fucking head explodes and uh nobody we don't ever hear what happens to to you know ryan's new girlfriend as i like to refer to her throughout the rest yeah. of the episode <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody talks about what happens to her well, she's she, gotta be she called ryan <laughs> she, that's what <laughs> Ryan just came to get her. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, babe. What's up? I'm glad you called. Whoa, what happened here? <laughs> How about we get out of this mess and go get some beers, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what do you say we catch a couple gold ones, babe? <laughs> I, I got a new MCU movie on Blu-ray. Let's do this. <laughs> Ryan is a really supportive guy, but he's just so much into fucking MCU movies, yeah, Chris. He, 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 won't, he won't shut up about it. He's that All guy right, at so, your office that wants to talk about how everything ties together and like whatever yeah. happens in the in the. And she's like, no, no, I know, I no, I get it. I no, know, I, I know. I know who Colson. You don't have to tell me who Colson is every time you say Agent Colson. Stop yeah, it. No, stop I, it. I know. <laughs> I I have a pulse. I know. Yeah, I know Agent Colson. Uh, so that was our, that was our then. And then we go to now, um, fictional character, Ryan will never be brought up again. Everybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the new Bobby. (laughs) Uh, Sam and Dean are in the, are in the bunker and uh, they're reviewing, uh, men of letters files on demon possessions, which is when we hear that, uh, there has been some famous demon possessions in the past, like Ichabod Crane Mm -hmm. or, uh, they mentioned another one, uh, some, some lady that whose name I've already forgotten. Whoops. Did you make yeah, a note it was also that? I didn't make the notes of the names, but yeah, it was it was somebody famous. I, I really like that they are Lizzie Borden. There it is, Lizzie Borden. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, that's local. I should know that. Fall River, Mass. Um, I I like that they're kind of building out some of what the Men of Letters have done, um, digging into specific cases rather than just um, general demons or general like groups of vampires. I like that they take almost the season one approach where there are these very specific spooky things 
that uh, are tied to very specific people or places or something like that. Um, and it's not that, yeah, there's just Wendigos out there, but there is this one specific Wendigo out in these woods and there's this legend, blah, 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 you know, and, and them sort of just even brushing upon like these famous names. I think that it's somewhat interesting um, to kind of pinpoint like uh, a spooky thing to a legend or a story that we already know in our, in our real world. It gives us a taste of that uh, Americana that I think that yeah. you and I still miss from season one. I think that's one thing sure. that the show has, has lost. And I think the show is probably better off in the way that it's gone. But there's mm-hmm. still a part of me that misses that here's a thing that you were scared about as a kid. Here's Bloody Mary. Here's yeah. the, uh, the hook man or, or whatever. And then we're going to do our weird twist on it and make kind of a almost a Tales from the Crypt horror anthology thing with these two boys being the center of it. And we obviously right. we've gotten pretty far afield from that. So I return to any of that. There's just a little taste of that. And the men of uh-huh. letters having this like huge, I want to say database, but that's, that's not what it is, but this huge um, library. library of, of information on these things that they've researched over the years. Is it really good fodder for that? Like that's a good time yeah. to bring all that stuff up. I, I like the way that they've started to, to flesh out the men of letters that, I mean, which almost like sticks its nose in the face of the Americana. Like, you know, the two boys out against that weird thing in, in out behind the old shed, like that strange little kind of horror story thing. Men of Letters, this organization set to research it is, a, you know, runs paradox to that. But at the same time, it's really cool. Um, but so they're discussing this research. Again, we see Sam super fucked up, really hungover. Dean even makes a joke like I've had that hangover before. Um, but he is still trying to to power through it. And um, Dean is, you know, he's saying he's like, you know, still the concerned older brother saying can you please chill out can you please rest when sam refuses he's like okay well i'll go make you some food yeah and uh this is the point where castiel comes in because at the end of the last episode (laughs) castiel just showed up in the middle of a road somewhere and dean almost ran over him uh and boy does dean give this this dude the cold shoulder uh he is oh man it's so extremely upset it's he's it's so awkward and weird that at one point like sam has to do the uh cough like hey you're making out in front of me cough but they're not yeah. making out they're just arguing with each other they're not even arguing yeah. with each other they're just mad there's just a lot of tension yeah. um cat says good morning very awkwardly and dean yeah. just ignores it just totally ignores him uh dean leaves the room to go get sam some food and comes back with uh half a beer mm-hmm. some beef jerky and some peanut mm-hmm. butter cups and yeah. is like i guess i guess i probably need to go to the grocery store yeah. <laughs> Sam is like, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) What is this, Dean? You made me kitchen sink soup last time and you left all of this out? This is prime kitchen sink soup material. (laughs) The beef jerky goes in the soup, Dean. (sighs) Winchester taught me one thing. It's how to kill your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But Castiel is like, oh, hey, I'll go get food because I'm an angel and I definitely am capable of doing that. And also I have working credit cards and cash in my pocket. So I'm going to go get food for everybody. And Dean's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Uh, You know, you you just stay right here. You don't have to do that. You'll probably just betray it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dean is so mean in this episode to Castiel. Uh, Castiel does try to apologize. And he's like, I apologize for, for, for everything that I've done. And Dean's like, hey, you can take your little apology and you can stick it up your ass. And uh, he's he's just really mad that he went out on his own and he did all of this stuff. And I'm like, Dean, this is the same shit that you do all the time. Yeah, yeah. This is just uh, the only reason you're mad at him is because you love him so much that he, he he's the only person that can hurt your feelings. That's true. I, I I was looking at this thinking that like as the audience, we're like, yo, Dean, fucking knock it off, bro. And then I tried to think we all love Cass so much. 
but this isn't the first time that he's like gone off and kind of left the boys hanging. Uh, thinking, as we know, it's just character. He, he gets to have his own character development, where he always is trying and failing for the greater good. And a lot of times he fails because he's so caught between fighting for what he believes to be right and fighting for the Winchesters. Because sometimes those two things conflict with one another. And I think that Castiel is getting, you know, he, he gets pulled between those. And once again, we see him making a choice that Dean sees as a betrayal. So I, I, part of me gets it. I get, I, I get it to an extent. I just, we, we talk a lot about Dean's kind of overbearingness and self-righteousness. And uh, I think this is a really good example of this because he could talk to Castiel and say, you know, tell me tell me your reasons why uh but instead he he says stuff like oh you couldn't trust me with the tablet you couldn't trust me and like did you haven't always had castiel's yeah. best interest at heart <laughs> you know some, sometimes you you have been known to get a wild hair up your ass and start or stop the apocalypse at your will yeah. like yeah I, I mean maybe maybe he wasn't it wasn't necessarily a case of trust maybe it was a case of just of i need to remove myself from the situation like talk to your boy uh mm-hmm. and, and don't get me wrong castiel definitely has fucked up over the last few seasons he's not he's not done anything great <laughs> yeah he's i feel like he's he's fucked up n- near sam winchester levels but nobody ever mentions that he did let the leviathans out of purgatory which was yeah. like a whole ordeal i don't mean like and i don't know and then he broke sam's brain <laughs> and he broke sam's brain absolutely um, he did kill all the racists, though, so that's good. True. Okay, uh, no, you know what? Big ups for that. We're <laughs> Some good. of the stuff balances out. Uh, he, 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 like, killed that one homophobe priester. That was pretty rad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. During this, this tension, this back and forth, uh, Sam interrupts and is like, hey, there's a note here. We need to go find room 7B in this bunker. Uh, I like the implication that they, even though they've kind of made their home in the bunker, this place is so... If maybe vast is the wrong word, but this place is so big and that they just haven't had time to explore it fully. Like it's so much full of stuff that they, they don't even know what's in it. Right. At a certain point, you can't, you just can't look through every room when you've got other stuff to do. Yeah. When you got to hate on Castiel for two hours a day, that doesn't leave a lot of yeah. extra time for yeah. research opportunities. Same as like, I'm going through the God trials. Dean, why are you so exhausted? It's because you've been be excessively passive aggressive to castiel all day and it's taking all of your energy that actually brings up a, a good point i, be, I think if sam was a hunt feeling 100 percent, if he wasn't going through these trials he would totally be in this bunker all day every day like it, oh, yeah. he would have this motherfucker cataloged by now yeah yeah he would there have was all no of this other, shit scanned if there was no other big thing cooking on the demon griddle of life uh he absolutely would be would just be sniffing around in there all day um <laughs> big thing cooking i like yeah. that uh, so they finally, they, they find the room 7B. Uh, when they get there, Sam is basically like, hey, why don't you let up on Kaz? Dean's like, if it was anybody else but Castiel, I would stab them in the throat. And I'm like, Dean, that's, wait, this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why you would say Dial that out loud back, to dude. a person. Dial it back. Um, but what happened is Sam found this particular case, or a particular file that referenced a case number, and it had the word weird, and it was underlined three times. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to go search for this case file, which is good. I like this. Um, yeah, this is this is kind of fun. Uh, uh, I think that the what they watch on these film reels that they find in these case files is all somewhat corny. Some of it's spooky. Some of it's really corny, and the delivery of all of it's really corny. But I like the idea of it a whole lot. I love the boys finding old exorcism footage. Because you can find like fake or real versions of this 
on uh, like YouTube. You can find these old videos of like real exorcisms, whether I mean real in quotes, uh, sure. but people performing exorcisms who mean it, you know. Um, and and that stuff is is pretty spooky. So that it's it's kind of channeling that same type of of vibe for me as a viewer. Um, so it is cool that they, that they find this. They find this old case file. They pull out the the film reel, and of course they gotta go. They gotta go watch it. Um, well, real quick, we, we also have most- to talk. We we also find a secret room in there. Uh, oh Dean yeah, finds, Dean finds like a secret wall that hides a uh, a full on dungeon with yeah, full on uh, dungeon. A, it's a there's a giant devil's trap. There's a bunch of manacles that are etched with spell work. Uh, it looks very very creepy, and Dean is extremely excited to have a yeah. dungeon. So going He's right almost, back to our yeah. our old BDS team, <laughs> it's like what that uh the whole the whole torture thing from hell where it was supposed to be like oh he's all fucked up from it. it's like no you really no, just kind of like back into it now he's fully embraced it now <laughs> totally <laughs> fine no when the person is it. bad yeah <laughs> i'm into yeah. it um so yeah they pop in this movie which is on an old reel to reel and uh i love this scene because it shows the boys all like sitting down at this table like watching this projector and castiel has made popcorn yeah <laughs> which i think yeah. is really cute like an old <laughs> style like pop he's really popcorn. just trying to win them back <laughs> I mean, he could tell he's just real like, okay, what could I do to be useful in this situation? <laughs> I'll make popcorn. Uh, this, I'm kind of with you. This, I don't think that this movie is particularly spooky. Uh, it's, this is a, like a found footage sin of mine. I th- we talked a lot about this on that one found footage episode, uh, Bitten, I think it was called. But uh, when it looks too real, like when the, yeah. when, when the, the, because like when you're watching a TV show, the camera lingers on things to make you understand stuff. Like they want you, they're trying to tell you a story. When somebody's just filming something, usually they're just trying to get everything in the frame. They just want you to see stuff. So like when the young priest hand starts shaking, like the 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 the, the camera person just zooms in and like leaves it there for five seconds. And I'm yeah. like, Ugh, dude, why? Why? Why, would why would you do that? And so it ends up feeling a little fake, which I think takes away from the spookiness for me personally. Definitely, I. That priest who, I mean, I understand why he feels the way that he feels, but like the kind of melodramatic vibe of it was just, it, t- it took, took me back. It took me back. Yeah. I could see a guy being like very silent and reserved and really not wanting to speak because he's nervous as hell. Um, but the, the, the chattering teeth and the shaking hands and the constant lighting of the cigarette, it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so uh, this movie is a documentary. We have two priests. There's a young guy named Simon. There's an older priest named uh, Max. Tom? Thomas? and uh Thompson? max thompson which yeah. sounds like a uh sounds like a like a, a magic person in las vegas like a street yep. magic guy yeah um max the magic thompson they uh and then luckily for us the uh the camera woman looks in a mirror <laughs> so we can all see that like, it was oh uh, it's abaddon or it's abaddon you know, yeah, the the person that she had taken over, whose name was like Julie something, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're filming a new way to exercise somebody. Um, there's a woman. She's chained to the floor. She's obviously being possessed by the by a demon. Um, one of the priests, like we mentioned, is super scared. The other one uh, goes up to her. He cuts his hand with a knife. He's he's chanting in Latin. It sounds a little bit like our standard supernatural hunky exorcism line, but it sounds a little different. Yeah. And uh, he slams it, his his cut mouth, excuse me, his cut hand over her mouth. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a weird, that would be a weirder, that would be spooky. Way weirder. He gives that her a would big be bloody kiss. That big would old be bloody kiss. Yeah. That's creepy. Um, he slams his hand over her mouth and her eyes like light up, kind of like we've seen when uh, Castiel kills a demon. Yeah, like, yeah. 
And then her uh, rib cage explodes, which is a bummer then, for her. Right. Whoops. <laughs> uh, the, the, the effect of that is kind of gruesome, but they like show it after her rib cage is kind of like melted apart. Um, I feel like they thought they could get away with a little bit more gore on that because it was in yeah. black and white, but uh, yeah. it does look kind of gory and, and, and pretty pretty gnarly. So, yeah, it ain't uh, it ain't pretty. Um, so yeah, this is something totally new. They now realize okay, they need to pursue this. They need to figure out like what this is. You know, if that's one step closer to being able to figure out how to cure a demon, whatever that means, then they need to look into this. And they sure enough look up the names of the priests. The older guy who was running the show and cutting the hand and doing the spell, he has died since then. But the younger dude who was really scared, he the the younger priest, he is still alive. And they decide to go, of course, to visit this younger priest and find out more information. Uh, I love um, this exchange oh. between Castiel and Dean because Cas is like, hey, I want to go. Like, I was a hunter for a couple of days. And he's like, no, 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 I'll take Sam. He's like, Sam is way more fucked up than I am. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, even, even banged up Sammy comes through. Stay here. Get better. And the get better, like, not physically, like, fix your brain, Castiel. It hurt me. That, that line, that was a barbed line, Dean. Dean is so mean in this episode. Yeah, he's real. He's mean Dean. He's a he he's a mean Dean machine. Mean baby mean, Dean, almost. Mean baby Dean machine. Uh, so they um they interview Father uh Simon, and uh, basically they find out that uh it that was the first attempt. Um, Father Thompson kept trying uh over and over again. Yeah. Even though Simon, like, left. He was like, I saw this once. I just want to be a normal fucking priest. Mm-hmm. I just want to be, I just want to say some shit on Sundays and Wednesdays and then, like, you know, bless something every once in a while. I don't want yeah. any of this demon bullshit in my life. Uh, but Thompson kept trying up until the point where he died and he was, uh, something tore him apart, which sounds extremely excruciating. Yeah. Um, but his whole philosophy was that before we really knew much about, like, how any of this worked uh he believed that demons could be saved now not the host not the person who was possessed so i don't know if that just means that there's going to be two two souls shoved in there i don't I, let's not think about it it doesn't matter we'll be here all night <laughs> he wants to, to, to save the demon because the demon is just a soul corrupted by its time in hell and he believed that that soul could be washed clean again. The corruption could be lifted. And we're going to see it in an example. I'm just going to bring it up now to kind of explain why this is strange, where we see a, a man who had been possessed by a demon, and the demon ate this man's children or killed them, whatever. And the priest keeps asking him, and the demon is you know reveling in it and talking about how delighted he was to, to do this horrible act. And as the exorcism, or not the exorcism, as the, the process takes effect the demon says like a a sobbing that he's so sorry for what he did uh and the priest continues to ask when you ate that man's children not when you ate your children like the it doesn't seem like he switches back to the host of the body it seems like the soul of the demon is still that of the demon now made human again so i don't know how any of that works and i don't think that supernatural is ever going to tell us i could be wrong about that it's interesting nonetheless, but how much does it work? I don't know. It's, um, I like the idea of it. And obviously like the third trial is saving a demon. So you have this twisted soul that, uh, sold their soul, went to hell, 
became even more twisted and eventually somehow signed up for service and earned them earned themselves a way to to go possess somebody and, and go do horrible things back on earth through whatever whatever reason and then like slowly forcing that demon to acknowledge what it's done and to have a conscience is actually really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the trouble comes to my mind is you know we have seen a supernatural before when demons leave a host that they're back to themselves like that soul is still there. So all of that that question and and I think even um, I think Dean asked this question. It's like so what happens like they just go to heaven like that doesn't seem right. And he's like man I don't fucking know. like the priest is like I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't what are you gonna fucking ask me know. I, I watched this once. It failed and i left i haven't been yeah. in the same state since yeah. um <clears throat> before we get to a lot of that though uh, while they're interviewing this guy sam is trying to have a conversation but he is just spewing up blood the entire yeah. time he yeah. is just like blood is falling out of this dude's mouth he can't like he can't get his words out because because the, the, the coughs are, are coming so heavily um so he he's just like shit <laughs> like oh shit he's looking at his hand like oh shit he's like hey uh hey padre you uh y'all got a bathroom in here or what i gotta um looking at his hand looking at the blood in his hand he's like i gotta uh uh take a big dump i gotta i gotta definitely not go deal with my weird blood stuff i have i gotta take a big dump padre is that cool and both dean and the priest are looking at the blood in sam's hand I had four quarter pounders with cheese on the way over here. They just, you know what I'm saying? They just run right through me. Yeah. I need to. Uh, is like, okay, well, that part is true. <laughs> if you, uh, if you guys have like a non public restroom, like a private one that you use that maybe yeah. can handle a lot of content, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you could take a, t- have you, have you, uh, blessed any of the water in the toilet bowls? Just a question. <laughs> because I think that what I'm going to do is, is an unholy act. You've heard of dropping kids off at the pool. Uh, do you have any place I could drop an orphanage off? <laughs> I got a whole, I got a whole situation that's. Happening. I'm very nervous that I'm going to go in there and I'm going to break one of the sixty six seals again. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the sixty six seals? Did they get? Did they, they get, broke? Like, but I mean, did the, is, is somebody going around like sealing them back up or something? Like, I don't is, think so. That was uh, who? Who did that? Samuel Colt. He he sealed them up. He's we gone need a, though. We need a modern day Samuel Colt to go like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's let's get back to talking about Sam Winchester pooping in the church because that yeah, is what I am here to talk just about. Taking an eight foot five dump in his tiny church bathroom. All right. So while Sam is off doing the dirty, um, Dean just like comes clean to the to the priest, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, that guy is gonna close the gates of hell. Sure, he doesn't look good now, but there is not a doubt in my mind that that Sam is gonna cross the finish line. He is gonna do this." Um, and just as a viewer, I hope that Dean is saying that not to convince himself, but because he truly believes in it. Because if that's true, then that is very nice. I, I read this as Dean being wholly convinced. Uh, yeah. Like there's a sincerity to this that I, that is missing. Sometimes when Dean is trying to like lie to con somebody out of information, because that's what they're after. Like, uh, father Thompson had some files that he left over and they want to get those from Simon. So I don't think that he's specifically telling Simon this just to get the files. I think he's saying it because he actually believes it because he's yeah. he's at the point where he's 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 he has to like he has to believe this. The the yeah. the option for him is not to trust his little brother and that's not an option for Dean anymore. Dean's not going to let himself go that down that route again. Uh, right. which is hey, character development. That's a that's character a, that's development. Some, that's some brother relationship stuff that I like. That's good that's shit. Good. Yeah. Um and and I think seeing how hard Sam is pushing himself despite his condition is first it was really just worrying Dean and stressing him the fuck out. But now I think he's just trying to see it for what it is. It's the effort, it's the push and the drive. 
to get to the end. Yeah, uh, I, I like this a lot. Like this, yeah. I, I really, really enjoy when Sam and Dean are uncommonly candid towards somebody when they mm-hmm. just kind of spell it out um, whenever that happens. And, and it usually happens in a variety of ways. Like sometimes Dean's like, look, I don't have time to go through the whole spiel. You're just going to have to roll with me. Sometimes like they sit them down and have a conversation. That's going to happen a little bit later in this episode. Um, <clears throat> so for Dean to be like, Hey, that, that those bad people that you saw, we're going to kick them off earth permanently. That's, that's, that's kind of a dope feeling. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Castiel is going shopping, Chris. Yeah. He's he's getting all the Dean apology essentials. Busting Asian, busty Asian beauties. He's getting yep. pie. He's breaking eggs and leaving refrigerator doors open at this convenience store. He's, he's just very a, confused he's, by he's a menace. very confused by he, eggs. He attacks the the clerk because he doesn't have pie. <laughs> you don't understand. I need pie, says Castiel. No. Really good yeah. stuff there. I like I like it when they do this uh, fish out of water stuff for Castiel a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Him trying to learn to cope in the real world or not or in the it, earth world yeah. and do earth things is always very it just reminds me like oh yeah castiel's like basically an alien yeah he's he's an alien from outer heaven space which yeah. is not i did not mean that to make that a metagross solid reference but here we are <laughs> here we are we've sweep now we've landed in it but yeah he he has no idea how to um like operate as a normal person or as an actual person like he just doesn't understand that concept yeah. He understands that he's supposed to get the things here and pay for them with money, but but really the the rest of that transaction is just a whole big question mark to him. Like if he really understood what he was doing, I mean, when's the last time somebody ever bought you porn, Chris? Because like, anybody ever was like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it, it's never happened. I went to the store and I got this Playboy, and I was thinking about you abusing yourself to it. So here it is. Just, <laughs> just think about you, my bro. Yeah, just think <laughs> about you. yourself. Think about you. You know, jerking off to some boobs later, man. Here's here you go. You want? I know boobs? you like to have a quiet night in sometimes, bro. So yeah, just thought, I you got know. this for it. You know what? When you're From, done. From one bro to another. Call me. Call me and tell me what. Tell me how you feel. Let me know if it worked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could play some Mario Kart. Whatever, bro. Too, too close, Cass. Too close. <laughs> too close. Uh, during this interaction about Pi, uh, Metatron shows up um, and he tells Castiel to leave the Virgin alone. Which you know that's very mean. <laughs> don't why you're being so mean to yeah, this rude. clerk. Rude. It's the holiday season, Metatron. Like don't don't be mean to retail yeah. people. Um, <laughs> Metatron, the first thing Metatron says is, hey, don't call me Metatron. Uh, you can call me Marv, which for yeah. a guy that's been hiding out in the, you know, the top of some Colorado mountain for the last few, few thousand years, where does he come up with Marv from? Marv, who knows? Who knows? I started calling him Marv in my notes, though, out of respect for him. 100%. Me too. Like, I can show you a screenshot where it's, it's Marv all the way down. <laughs> It's so much easier to write. Oh my god! It's so much easier to say. Nobody wants to say Metatron over and over again. It sounds it sounds like oh. a fucking transformer. Nobody wants to say that. So shit. Mar- yeah, Marv, it is. Uh, if I want to do a Transformers podcast, I'd seriously question my existence. Yeah, if I want to do a Transformers podcast, I'd be in middle school, <laughs> where the Transformers are. Yeah. Uh, so Marv says that he uh, is basically lonely. He needs somebody to socialize with. Uh, he's he's trying to catch up on everything that's been happening since he's uh, secluded himself from the world. Castiel is uh, they've got a lot in common. They're both free thinkers. Um, they're you know they they're both rebelled against heaven in some way. And um, he 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 said he went and kind of looked at heaven and he kind of looked at it and I, he wants somebody to talk to about the situation up there, which is sounds pretty terrible. Like we've we've been given the impression that Naomi is kind of running heaven after Castiel sort yeah. of shook this whole place up but marv says no there's a bunch of different factions they're all fighting each other and it's not going to be long before 
it's open warfare and it's going to spill into Earth. Yeah, it's like like one of the writers had the idea of like, what if it was like Game of Thrones but angels? And they were like, yeah, but we don't, we can't put, we can't put that in the show. So we'll just say that. Yeah, it's we can't say it. the word houses. Like we can't. HBO HBO yeah, will, will litigate us out of existence. <laughs> yeah, um, but okay, I I can't pass over this scene without describing my favorite shot in all of Supernatural. Well. Okay, that's there's a lot of really yeah, good let's, shots. Let's so, back that. Let's um, back that trade right back, back up. <laughs> my my favorite uh, shot in recent memory is just of Castiel awkwardly jogging across a busy street carrying groceries and beer, just like trying to like exasperate and trying to catch up to Metatron and and talk to him about whatever. It's just such a funny image to me. I don't know why he looks so confused and annoyed at the yeah. same time during this little like, jog. I love yeah. it, and he just looks like very put out because he's holding the the groceries and because it's just he's like, carrying shit and the person he's chasing yeah. isn't and carrying shit is hard it sucks yeah yeah and he's still wearing that goddamn trench coat so he's, he's just like can't get rid of the trench coat can't get rid of it uh castiel responds to this news about open warfare it just basically says yeah yeah i know heaven's broken i'm the one that broke it like i i did that and i, I thought i could rule these people these angels and I, I couldn't and i spilled a lot of blood in the process like i'm still trying to come to terms with that and uh marv says no 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 I didn't come to you for that. I came to you because I think you and I can save heaven. Let's call a big family yeah. meeting. Let's throw them all in a room together until they work out all their shit and we can get heaven done. And in the meantime, we can shut heaven down so that the angels can't escape. Yeah. So that they don't mess up humanity. That's, that's Marv's reasoning here. Uh, and he's really just putting it to Castiel is, I'm the brains, you're the muscle. You can get shit done. I can think of plans. Um, and it's interesting to think of Castiel as the muscle because compared to, I, I guess maybe it's just a physical thing, but like always compared to the boys who seem so rough and tumble and then he's always in the, the suit, with the jacket and everything. But I mean, in, in reality, Castiel is kind of a warrior. He does a lot of fighting and a lot of killing. Yeah, a dude has killed, a, they even, they even uh, throw us back a, a shot of him on like a field of dead angels i think from season yeah. four if i remember right and then killing it's sticking a, a bullet in our boy eon uh probably season six or seven now that i'm thinking that could have been mm-hmm. season four but yeah also killing another angel with his bare hands shoving an angel blade bullet into his into his eyes yeah R. R. Whole eon. um <laughs> I, out. I this whole shutting down heaven thing is a real interesting concept to me and i i it's one of these things like we've been talking about shutting down hell for quite some time and last episode when Metatron told Dean, like, hey, yeah, you can do this. And he keeps referring to them as, like, levers of the universe. And uh, if you pull one of these levels, le- levers, you can do this. But you really need to think through with the consequences. And this yeah. seems like a big one. <laughs> this one seems important. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. As much as Close the angels are kind heavens. of badasses <laughs> and, and bad <laughs> people, I'm just, mm, maybe, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> shut it down just out of hand. Maybe that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> we might need that. Uh, oh boy. Um, yeah, I mean, closing down heaven. He's, he's pitching it like we we need them to we need them trapped there, so they have to talk to each other. So them just killing each other that's no good. If they're all trapped together, so they're gonna have to work it out, and they won't be able to spill out onto Earth and and kill any more people. So uh, while Castiel is considering that, we go back over to the bunker where uh, Sam notices Castiel missing. And Dean says, yeah, that's about his style. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like Castiel. He just jetted. He's, he's gone. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Dean is damn. so heartbroken he's right bitter. now. He's so he's mad. He's a scorned lover. He's yeah. a scorned lover. Um, well, they have found in, in Father Thompson's files that he's been, he was making audio tapes of all of his attempts to uh, 
save a demon. So they yeah. they listen to these tapes, um, and then we get like a documentary style footage. We get the black and white style, uh, like you know, um, footage of this. I, I just want to you, you kind of went through this stuff where this guy is constantly asking, "What was it like to eat your kids?" Injecting him with something, asking the question again, counting the treatments as he gives them to him. Um, this mask that he's wearing at first is extremely dope. Did you notice this? Yeah, there's some cool shit going on here. Yeah, like I kind of this whole aesthetic kind of really works for me. Like I like the actor is that the demon actor is a little over the top, but uh, everything else is is super good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we find out here that this is what I was talking about earlier. Um. But we find out that the priest went to confession before coming to do this exorcism to purify himself and purify his own blood, and he's using that purified blood as a weapon against the demon which is very interesting it's that's a little that's a little wrinkle in that lore yeah it's not it's it's not dead man's blood um but i i really enjoy the the idea of using blood as a weapon um mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 people in canehurst and the video game bloodborne also did this lady maria in bloodborne she loses control and starts using her blood which is where she would never do like all of that stuff like really works for me i like yeah i like cool. i like calling on your own blood as a weapon um so this this I I like this too. I, and it really sets up something that's going to something that I really want to happen, which is Sam going to a confessional booth and just laying it all out. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. been in just been in several hours in there eating several How? quarter pounders with cheese just just oh, yeah. just oh, yeah. going for the it full up. cleanse. It up big time. <laughs> just yeah. full cleanse. Yeah, full cleanse. I, I remember I said this, like, I don't know how many seasons ago it was that I said I, one of my biggest uh, letdowns in Supernatural was that we don't see Sam's confession. Because I always thought that that could have been a really powerful moment. But we don't act... Spoilers, he's going to confess, and we don't get to see it. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's that's lame. I really wanted to see that scene. Maybe it's in yeah. a deleted scene somewhere. I don't know. I've stopped watching the deleted scenes. So. Yeah. Um, it just seems like that would be like a really powerful moment for the character to kind of lay it all bare for, for no one but himself, really, and what Sam really thinks of himself. But... We well, the whole arc it. would be great. Like the like you you would start it out and like you'd have like the comedic bits as as the priest has the reaction and then you'd have this slow dawning horror that this guy is serious and then you'd have Sam's emotional weight as he you know starts with all of the apocalypse stuff and then like goes back to the the demon blood and goes back to the relationship with his father. Like it would be kind of a powerful episode. I don't season yeah. eight has turned me into a fucking Sam fan. God, I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It just clicked. Last episode I was all into this dude. Ugh man. <laughs> season nine better fuck this boy up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does too. Uh, so we we watch this process and eventually after after this demon receives more and more of this purified blood uh, eventually his his black eyes go away and then as you described early he says oh god i'm such a monster i can't believe i would i could possibly do that uh and then at this i think at this point uh is when he cuts his hand and slams it on his on the on the dude's mouth and that's when he comes completely back and is now like and the, the, the preacher says now you're a man um yeah, yeah so boy th- does this feel like the longest episode ever i know we say that a lot but, like, i a thought lot of stuff we, is it happening. was over and done with like before this point and i paused it i was like i have 25 minutes left (laughs) yeah i've got i've got a page and a half of notes to go (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) um so yeah they well they do all that and then so the boys are like all right we got we watched this shit we got we got the info that sounds like a good idea let's give this a try um dean wants to, to go do something some field kit to go track down a demon 
uh, which we're going to find out in a minute, is a demon that they already know about. And this just smells ripe from far away, boys. This is a bad idea. This is this um, is a bad plan. I feel like Castiel would tell Dean this is a bad plan. from, from Like, hey, oh, maybe yeah. don't summon like a, a knight of hell. Dean, sure. maybe just yeah. get a little regular guy. Just, just get course, a regular we're, dude. <laughs> we're going to find out that that wouldn't be possible uh, because of other things, but they don't know that yet. <laughs> so that. that's a huge leap. Um, okay, so we see uh, Castiel again. He's going to meet Marv for lunch, and uh, the waitress flirts with, with Cass, um, which is fun. Um, Marv says he should have gotten a better looking vessel because he's jealous. Yeah. I was like, don't beat up on yourself, man. Um, so. Marv reveals that he knows of the trials, the God trials, to close heaven, which I think we're not going to get any of that, but I find it very interesting that that is a thing that exists, um, that that is something that was put forth by God to close down heaven if if the need arises. Yeah, um, and, and Marv described that. Like he said, you know, if the Leviathans acted up, there was stuff to put them in purgatory. If the demons acted yeah. up, there's stuff to put them in hell. If the angels acted up, there's stuff to put them in, in heaven. Like he, God had like some, you know, in case of emergency, oh shit handle kind of situations mm-hmm. that he, he had, had Marv write down. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's very cool. I think that because uh, Marv Metatron has this kind of detached or detachment from the world, even though he's saying he wants to save heaven. But somebody who is just so involved with stories and so involved with fiction and and the telling of tales that they forget the real people and the the real things behind all of this. Um so he's just very easily able to say, like, yeah, demons in hell and, and Leviathans and Purgatory and Angels Heaven, yeah, we'll just lock them all up, none of it matters. It's totally fine. Um, but I think that he's seeing schemes and plans and, and he's seeing stories, which he even mentions to Castiel, like this will make such a great story. If the two of us do this together, that he, he forgets about the people who will be hurt by it. And the worst part about this is it plays on Castiel's guilt because Castiel is carrying around all of the, like he's had Dean yelling at him all day about all of the bad shit that he's done. So Marv comes along and it was like, Hey, you can fix this. It'll be hard. And of course the first thing Castiel thinks is, Oh, not only I could do this, I should do this because I'm the one that broke everything. Right. So if I'm the one that caused all of this pain and this will fix it, then I, I should be the one to do this. And of course, we get the first trial almost immediately, and it's and it's a pretty it's it's pretty it's a pretty gnarly one. Uh, pretty he, gnarly one. Marv says uh, he the waitress that was flirting with him earlier. He's going to have to cut out her heart because she is uh, she's a Nephilim. She's the offspring of an angel and a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Castiel, naively, I thought that wasn't allowed. Like, Castiel, how many Castiel. things have you seen that aren't allowed? Ain't you, <laughs> ain't you ever seen a demon fuck? <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, Dean has literally had sex with an angel. Also, Castiel has made out with a demon. <laughs> True. He, he has made Castiel out. Castiel was, was married for a minute. He didn't know he was. But he kind of was who married, he was at the time, he? but he was definitely married for a little while. Oh, Castiel! Um, Castiel, of course, protests this. Right? He's like Castiel no, no, no. being divorced is a nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little detail. I mean, he's probably he's not officially divorced, but in my head canon, Castiel is divorced. Down on the, um, I don't know why this is so common down there, but uh, when I go down to the to like the oil part of Louisiana, like get down to the Gulf where people like there's a bunch of oil business down there, so. 
uh, you know, there's a bunch of that industry and the, it's the stuff that supports it is, is all over that place. So there's all kinds of crazy shit that you can get for very, very cheap. One of which is a divorce. Um, like if you're, there's just, there's just billboards everywhere. There's like, do you need a quick and cheap divorce? $200. We'll divorce you right now. And I'm like, (laughs) who, like, obviously the billboards are working. Like they've been there for years. Like I remember going down there in like the early aughts and then going down there in, you know, 2018, same shit still happening. I mean, the cost has gone up a little bit, but yeah. Who who needs a cheap about 350 now. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to need about 350. Uh, but yeah, this it's, it's very strange and that just kind of feels like what castiel did to um whatever her name was yeah whatever what was his name manuel oh it was like manuel ricardo or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know let's keep it moving keep it I wonder, moving i wonder if that's on his wiki page somewhere anyway that- <laughs> uh so castiel of course says like oh hey this this no she's an innocent person like she didn't choose to be a nephilim that was her parents and marv responds well like yeah that's the point all of these have to be super hard to do um and yeah that's we go back over to sam and dean from there and we learn about dean's extremely stupid and incredibly short-sighted plot uh who what uh like i'm honestly i'm glad that abaddon gets reintroduced i think she's a killer villain i think she kicks ass i not like this <laughs> this not is like very this. dumb this is very dumb and so, i don't think that dean would have considered this or that sam would allow it to happen uh unless they had no other choice i could very much see them saying we can't get a hold of any other demons for some reason so let's go grab the one that we do know about we know where she is and she, you know well she'll be trapped she won't have her hands we'll be good i could see them thinking that but they don't give us that step in between they just show them doing it and the last time we heard the last time we saw anything with abaddon they had um shot her with a a bullet with a devil's trap carved into it so she was unable to escape her head and then dean said they were going to chop her up into little pieces and bury each individual pieces piece under concrete so the amount of work involved reassembling this chick it seems incredibly complicated yeah. compared to going to find a rando demon, summoning a crossroads demon, anything else that they could do to get a demon other than finding all of these pieces, tying them all up, and then hopefully she'll come back to, to demon life. They probably again. had to like hire some guys to come in and help them dig all this stuff up. They again. definitely rented a, uh, like a, like a, what do they call the jackers? The, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they definitely rented something that could bust open fucking concrete to do this. Like they went to a rental place to get some gear for this. This is way more effort. The amount of hardware involved, I think at the end of the day is more effort than I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just going to say it. Then the God Trials, but you know, we just skip over it, and that's that. I'm uh, I'm sitting here picturing like they have to go rent so much equipment that they get like a trailer and just hook it onto the back of the Impala, and they're just driving around the country. <laughs> this jet black, super shiny Impala, getting out, grabbing like, a cup of concrete jacks, busting open the ground, picking up some weird shit, and then get back in. Like, can you imagine like being like across the street from that and watching that happen? That'd be fucking hilarious. That's that's at this point. <laughs> wouldn't be that suppressed it would you know also it would belong to john winchester even though they rented it i'm no snitch but uh i would call the police on those dudes if i saw them doing that in my 100 100 look there's a weird car with two extremely attractive men uh digging something i don't i don't know what's going on here um anyway so yeah they piece this chick together uh they leave her without hands which i think is pretty gruesome and also like almost clever (laughs) yeah yeah 
Um, so my, all I could think this whole time was like, bad idea, boys, bad idea, boys. And then they immediately find out that she's the one who killed the priest who had been coming up with all these ideas. Yeah. So she already knows like what they're up to. Um, and then just as this is happening, Sam gets a call from a number that's just 666. Uh, Chris, and sure as brick. You, you and I have talked a lot about Crowley cell phone bills, how he gets cell phones. Uh-huh. You, we've discussed this a uh-huh. lot. I, one of my jobs at one point in my life uh, was to find my boss a what he called a uh a a cool phone number uh so every day i would call up our telephone rep and he said he could only give me three numbers every day so i would get these three numbers and i would call my boss and i would read these numbers to him and he would say those aren't cool enough those aren't cool enough i don't remember eventually we got something with like a lot of zeros in it or something i don't know but i'm just picturing crowley on the phone every day (laughs) all right your numbers today are six six zero almost almost there you got to keep going almost there please just all right (laughs) Uh, so he calls from 666 it's Crowley um, they tell Abaddon who it is she's like why is like this salesman calling you and like actually like, cover, covering the mouthpiece of the phone uh, actually it's king of hell now she's like you're fucking killing me excuse me um, that is a joke that is a bold faced lie um, but Crowley tells him hey check the papers um, which they go to do um, and, and meanwhile the boys have just left the room. It's fine. Leave her in there. Not a big deal. Um, so Corpse Bride over here is still tied up, and she decides that she's going to um, use psychic magic demon powers to reanimate her uh, removed hands and have them claw their way back over to her, remove the bullet from her own head, and uh, boom. No so sweat. If, you're, if you're piecing this chick back together and your, your plan is to not sew her hands back on, why did you go get the hands, Dean? <laughs> Why'd you get any of it? Why did you get the hands? Why not just the head? Why not just the head? I feel like with demon magic, she can still talk through it. She doesn't need, like, her throat parts. She doesn't need lungs. I feel like we've seen Demons don't need lungs, I'm sure of it. Demons definitely don't need lungs. Um, I I feel like we've even seen that in the show (laughs) at some point. We probably have, yeah. (laughs) Um, Cutting their heads off doesn't kill them, so I don't know. I don't know. Um... I like I like this uh, a lot. A, like the the just to talk about the special effect. Like I'm a sucker for Adam's family stuff. So if you show me like an animated hand doing some stuff, and I'm a hundred percent there. And this one looks really cool. Like it claws it cl- crawls up her body, like goes into her mouth, and like digs this shit out. It's super cool looking. Yeah, it's yeah. Um. So yeah, she uh she gets loose. Yep. And so that's just one set of bad news. On the other hand, uh, Crowley sends them an address, and they he, find out he that sex them an address. He, he specifically them, says he, that. Yeah. You're right. He, he, also, he also asks what Sam is wearing when they, when he answers the phone. He's yeah. Sam being- starts to tell him like, "Oh uh, well, I'm wearing some huge jeans." And like, wait a second. Well, have you seen the LLB in 2016 catalog? I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm like page. It's actually, if you if you flick to flick to page seven of the LLB in 2016 catalog, that's exactly what I wear. He's the centerfold, um, except it just folds out like a just like eight pages because he's so tall. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just so big, and he's wearing so much flannel. It takes eight pages to do. Um, so Crowley's distracted with that, but he sends them an address, and this is where they realize that um, Tommy Wendigo boy. Um, he, he was killed. He died. Uh, and Dean is just immediately like, all right, pour one out for him. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, that sucks. And then all I could think was, Dean, you kissed his sister. Oh, and now you're just like, whatever, he's dead. I'm not worried about it. Oh, Come on, did. Dean. I know you got bigger fish to fry, but she kissed you. 
Huh. I'd forgotten about the sister kissing. That's that's just on the just on the cheek. I think it was just a cheek smooch, but it was a kiss nonetheless. Um closest Dean had been with a woman in a long time, I tell you that much. Yeah, I think so. Before all of that nipple play. Um yeah. <laughs> so they go back inside, <laughs> Dean having dismissed this poor boy's death, and uh, of course find Abaddon gone. Sam, like, oh goodness. Sam finds the bullet and then uh they get the text from uh Crowley. And Dean like recognizes this address. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's where we did the yeah, the witch job." It was a witch or thing, and he yeah. hates witches so much that he's like, "I I know where that is." And and Sam's like, "We gotta go." Like, even though this is a trap, like there's a demon there, and we need a demon. Uh, yeah. And by the yeah. time they get there, they find this poor girl from I don't I I definitely re- vaguely remember this episode where she was eating the cupcake and it turned into blood or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't really remember a lot of the surrounding details. Um. I feel like I've talked, probably talked about it for about an hour, so I'm okay. You guys can just go listen back yeah. to that if you want to yep. know it. But they found uh, this poor girl burned in the oven. Yeah, uh, that's a drag. It's all like it's like Sylvia Plath style. It's pretty gruesome. Um, and that's when Crowley calls them yet again, and he says that he's going to kill someone that they saved once every twelve hours. Uh, and Crowley has some pretty good stuff here because he he kind of lays into them and says, uh, "You true, you, you try." That's what you do. You 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 try, and that the the try, the emphasis on you try to do good. You can tell that really just ticks Crowley off. Just the the very the uh, idea of it pisses him off. Um, but he's also like, you know, you've saved all of these people, and that's how you justify. Oh, that that doesn't happen being... until later, my man. Okay, that happens with uh, that happens with the with Sarah, the chick. I don't ah. remember at all. <laughs> ah, not not to, not to interrupt you because I, I I'm I'm feeling you on on everything Crowley was saying. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But we'll come back to that. The uh, they do ask him like how he knows about all of this, and he's like, I have my sources, and his desk is just littered with uh, Carver books, Edmund Carver books. He's just been reading mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, the wiki makes a big deal out of uh him knowing about Sarah, which happened in a different a season past where the Carver books were supposed to finish which i don't care about at provenance, all provenance season one uh she was uh her father sold paintings and she like got in on the action with the boys um you you know her you know her well they're saying it was jenny klein a season seven character wait what oh, oh the girl just died no i'm talking about sarah Oh, no, 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 no. I was talking about the chick that just died. I'm off my stuff now because I got my Crowley bits wrong. I'm so sorry, Chris. I fucked you up, didn't I? <laughs> this is I'm what happens. Up a little bit. I'm a little bit fucked up now. Um, so at this point, they're like, they're, they're freaking out a little bit. Um, but we still have a bunch of Marv and Castiel stuff to get through because they're stalking this poor Nephilim in the dark, like fucking crazy ass killers. I, does this make you a little uncomfortable? I don't like any of this. It's super uncomfortable, and they're walking like maybe three feet behind her. Yeah, as they stalk her, it's like guys, back up a little bit. What is going on? The um, and we see Sam arriving at Sarah Blake's house. Like he's got that new address. Yeah. Sarah Blake is this from was, an episode. Uh, this oh, this is the prov- This is the painting thing. Now I remember. Yeah, that's who what this I was trying is. to talk about. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. I'm, I'm this sorry. Is, this is Sam's rebound from Jess after she yeah. died in a fire on the ceiling. This was his first rebound. He smooched her. They go to they go to dinner together, and Sam is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do remember this chick now. Okay, okay, man. It's been it's and been I a always long time. I always <laughs> liked her because I've seen season one so many times. So this just all bummed me out. Yeah, this this is a bummer. Um, meanwhile, the Nephilim confronts Marv and Castiano. It's like, oh, I know exactly who you are. I, I saw your halos. Uh, I just want to live my life. Okay, angels have halos now? Is that ever a thing? I mean, I guess like they have an angelic I thought they had form wings. that they 
You know what I'm saying? I, I, it, like maybe this is the first mention I first because you can see like a demon's true face and it's always like twisted and weird. Sure, um, which means that when Cass kissed Meg, all he saw was the twisted weird face. Um, but Cass okay, gets yeah, dirty I guess like that, Halos now. He loves that shit. Yeah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> he's he's part of a really interesting community on Ao3. So, um, I, I guess maybe Halo could also like maybe they're just making that as a shorthand. Like it could refer to like their like their true. actual true, 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 true visage Fair enough, or whatever. Yeah. Um, good point. Good point. But but also, yeah, I mean, like, it's just obviously the writers be having, like, just a shortcut to say, like, I know who the fuck you are. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Castiel's like, oh, I'm sorry, and draws the angel blade, and she just starts punching the shit out of him. Uh, her eyes flash silver instead of black or white, so it's kind yeah. of a combination. I like that. I like that's a cool little detail. Yeah, that was a cool move. That was a cool move. Into it. Um, and then I think Marv really just lets himself get beat up so that Cass will do the right thing. Or, I'm sorry, not do the right thing. Do the thing that he wants Castiel to do. Because it really just feels like he throws himself in there unnecessarily. And I was thinking, you're not making a noble sacrifice, you son of a bitch. You're just trying to get Castiel to kill her. And that's what Castiel does. He stabs her in the throat and uh, with the angel blade and she dies. The The thing that I I missed out of this is uh, when we saw Sam doing the the demon tablet trials... Um, as soon as he did the spell, like he started having these side effects immediately. I kind of wanted to see Castiel going through some shit about this too. Like I wanted to see those negative impacts, but maybe it doesn't. That would have been cool, same. but maybe this is some freaking BS. <laughs> maybe or maybe Marv just really didn't like this Nephilim running yeah. around. Maybe Marv is the dad. <laughs> this is killed maybe his Marv's daughter. The dad. We Tired don't of paying know. that child support, so he she could just you know waitress up some crepes. Yeah. Um, also, cast through the neck. Very intense. Yeah. Very violent. Look, I mean, just saying. No, no small measures, right? <laughs> if he's going to kill somebody, yeah. he's going to fucking kill somebody. He's going to stab through the fucking neck. Um, <laughs> all right. So now, now it's back to uh, Sarah with Sam yes. and Dean, mm-hmm. and she's having now a remember, very awkward conversation. Very nice. Yeah, having an awkward conversation with Sam while they like demon proof the room. They say they're they're going to save her. And she's just kind of like going along with it because this ain't her first rodeo. She was on board with them the first time. Um, she wanted to like stay to fight the the ghost or whatever. Um, so she's just letting them do their thing. They barricade her place, and she reveals that she's married or she's with someone. She's a kid now. Um, Sam's all emotional about it, and. F- she i think they do this on purpose obviously because she even makes a call back to like oh I used to, you know i like your old haircut better but it really just cuts that seven years out between them um where they had such a connection in season one or that you know they're written to have such a connection in season one um that it's you know sam is kind of making his one of his first choices to say no nah, i'm sorry i gotta hit the road I, I gotta keep doing what i'm doing i gotta find my dad and now seven years later it's like we we were almost so close to like me stepping out and being normal for a second and i'm seven years later and i failed to do that so many times and so much shit has happened in between and like when you look at him and he's all fucked up from the god trials and she's just like oh boy you have i can't imagine what you've gone through meanwhile throughout the back of this dean is just spray painting her apartment with weird ass red spray paint marks and i cannot get yeah. over just how like because the whole room is in like white and blue and he's just just this bright ass red spray painting wards everywhere and i'm like oh my <laughs> yeah. god this chick's apartment this poor it's girl ruined. i could ruined. barely focus on this like emotional you know <laughs> stuff between <laughs> sam and it part of it's my fault chris i could not remember who this chick was when i was watching the episode so i couldn't i didn't have that connection between the two of them mm-hmm. it was just like he oh, kissed her <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to remember who this like random chick that he made out with is. I mean, 
did did he do it with demon blood in him? Did he do it when he didn't have a soul? Did he do it when he was Lucifer? I don't I don't remember. I don't. Did Sam it was Smith his, it was his Jess rebound, so it was a big one. It was. I guess Jeremy. it was a big one. My bad. I'm sorry, Chris. I, I disappointed um, you. But, but <laughs> yeah, it's just this entire right. conversation happening while Dean is in the room. Dean is just like doing painting. acrobatics with spray paint in the back. Fucking yeah. crazy. He spray painted the fucking windows. He spray painted the closet door. Like what demon's gonna come through the closet? <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's oh a whole thing. God. So uh, Crowley calls, and uh, this is where he's basically like, hey, the minutes are counting down, um, and he starts counting down the seconds to midnight, not the minutes. And uh, when he gets to zero, Sarah starts choking, and that's when they realize that uh, he's not sending demons along. He's using a spell, and they start ripping the place apart about no. trying to find the hex bag. Um, no. And this is where Crowley does his whole monologue, which I will, I will let you take over. Um. He, I didn't write down the whole monologue. I just sort of started talking some shit about how this is... Well, first of all, this is very, very sinister, what Crowley is doing. He is making them watch somebody die that they saved. And as the audience, I think because the season one stuff, I've seen season one more than any other season, so that really, like, grabbed me and brought me back there. And then to just see these characters killed, that sucks. As the, as So it, just as the viewer, it sucks. So you can imagine as the Winchesters. This really sucks. And this is where Crowley leans into, you guys are are basically monsters. <laughs> everything that you do, you justify. The only, or the only way that you justify everything that you do is that you've saved these people. And he quotes back to them because he's read the books, saving people, hunting things. You know, maybe not so much because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill all these people. All of the excuses that you have, I'm tearing that away from you. You think that you're such good guys. Because you've saved these people, and you use them to justify what you do, and without them, you have to face the fact that you are not the heroes you think you are. Um, and he just, he just, he's here to tear all that away and make them watch it happen as she dies. This is really, you used the word sinister, and I think that's a really good, a really apt term for it. Uh, this is probably the most villainous that we've seen, Crowley. Crowley is always kind of skirted on the edge of out and out demonishness. Like he's mm-hmm, killed people, mm-hmm. um, but this kind of thing, this killing people for a specific purpose in order to completely gut Sam and Dean's entire reason of being, their entire like moral support work <laughs> that right. they have built up for themselves. It's really powerful. It fucks with their heads quite a bit. Uh, it's very scary. Like he's doing this whole monologue while she's gasping on the floor, and Sam and Dean are just. And they do f- a cool thing with the audio that I appreciated. Like they, while he's talking, you don't hear them rustling. You see them yeah. doing it, but you just yeah. hear his monologue, which I thought was a cool detail. Uh, it's 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 really like this. This is Crowley at his most evil. I think like Crowley finally absolutely finally taking the gloves off with Sam and Dean. And again, we've we've seen him kill people. Like we've seen him torture people. We've seen him kill people. He's done a lot of evil shit. This feels so specifically evil and sinister, though. This is not. I want to fuck the world. It's I want to fuck you guys, and I'm going to do yeah. everything in my power to do that. Uh, and that's. It's it's weird because like I like Crowley as a as a character so much, and I like him as a I like the <clears throat> I like what's his name as an actor when he plays Crowley so much. But it's mm-hmm. really it's it's an odd thing to say like I I love Crowley because boy, <laughs> like he's not yeah. a he's not a role model. <laughs> no, he is evil. evil, and he's always so fun because he's such a great actor, and, and he has all these great little quippy one liners that you forget that he's 
like truly evil and this is truly evil now they watch her die and in out of frustration does you have to correct me if this is what happens dean throws his phone and it breaks open and the hex bag is inside of his phone is that what happens i rewound this because i was very confused and um because the entire time he calls sarah's apartment I didn't pick up on that at first. Um, so okay. he's talking on her like landline. They've got him on speakerphone. So once he finishes his monologue and Sarah, Sarah dies, Sam, not Sam, Dean picks up the phone from the cradle. Um, it, you know, new listeners, you may not know what a landline is. That's a, that's, there used to have, have a <laughs> wire that went to your house. You'd have a phone that like had to stay in your house for some reason. It was very strange. Like you could only answer calls on it while you were there. <laughs> very odd. Um, Dean picks up this cordless phone. Some of the phones had cords on them. So not only did you have to be into your house, you had to be sitting right next to the phone to use it. Very weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dean picks up this cordless phone and smashes against the wall. And that's where they both see uh, the hex bag was in the the phone, which is devious as hell because they're using the phone to talk to Crowley. It's so good. I I thought that it was Dean's phone. And not only did it not make sense that they put the hex bag in Dean's phone, but I thought that that meant that Dean or the boys brought the curse to yeah. her, brought like the hex bag to her, and it instigated that happening by going to try and save her. That's what killed her. Um, which no, thankfully it's not that dark. I had <laughs> I had that same thought good. too. That's why I rewound yeah. it. I was like, holy shit, are they the ones responsible for Sarah dying? Like that's yeah. that's vicious, Crowley. God damn. Yeah, fuck. Uh, it's still pretty bad though. And still then they just bad. they head back to the bunker. And we see Dean trying to rally Sam and, like, keep his morale up. But Sam is angry and frustrated in a way that we haven't really seen him thus far in the trials. And now he's starting to think that they can't win. And that they maybe should just take Crowley's deal. Um, to, you know, they'll, they'll give up the fight and Crowley will stop killing people. Um, but Dean says, no, we're going to find a way. We're going to do this. And it's just then a long shot of Sam's face not saying anything, emoting with that big old head of his, and he just looks down, and then the episode ends. Yeah, and, you know, talking through it with you, um, when we started the episode, I was a little negative about this. And when I texted you last night after I finished it, I kind of told you then, like, everything, there's nothing wrong with this episode, specifically. Like, everything that happens in it is okay and good, and some of it's even really great. Um, It just, it's so much of a setup episode that it feels... yeah it feels kind of like a non episode. And that was some feedback that yeah. I got. It's like song of today. Susanna. You don't really remember it, but it really sh- sets up the last book in the series. Oh, I remember, I remember that piece of garbage pretty well. No, I'm kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't actually remember a lot that happens in song of Susanna besides the thing. But uh, if, even though everything in this episode happens and it's interesting, like I like all of the stuff with Abaddon, the Marvin Castiel stuff is fine. It's a little, it feels a little rushed, which is weird because the episode feels really long, um, but it doesn't resolve any of this stuff. And it feels so much like a penultimate episode that it's just specifically written to the, for the next episode. Um, yeah. I've been rewatching Game of Thrones a lot recently. Uh, I'm about mm-hmm. midway through season three right now. And uh, that show does such a good job of its setting up season finales and like finishing them an episode early. And then having a like a an, an episode afterwards that's almost like an epilogue where shit still happens, and that feels yeah. so much better than having this this one episode where a bunch of stuff gets told. Like all of this is brand new stuff that's never really been brought about throughout the season that we're going to have to deal with in another forty five minutes. Right, um, and I think that might be my problem with it. Even though 
I'm enjoy- talking talking through it with you. Like I was having a good time talking about it. I was it Same. made my memory of it better. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I it felt like a long episode. Because they did so many different things, which at the same time made it feel like nothing actually got done because there's a hundred different little aspects happening. And it seems like this should have been two episodes. One episode of them finding out about the exorcism, and then another episode where um, they try to do it on somebody, but then Crowley pulls all this shit. But obviously they were running out of episodes, so um, good thing we got all those Amelia episodes early on, huh? <laughs> I, was, I was actually looking back in the episode list so I could call out this specific episode. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we got... Uh, Citizen Fang, or whatever. Yeah. Or no, no, I'm glad we got Huntery Hiroshi, the cartoon episode. Oh, yeah, good thing we had that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to build up anything towards the end of the season or anything. Um, and again, it's fine. Like I, you know, it's just a, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of information dumps. Um, the boys, you know, learn about this new way to do stuff through a documentary. Castiel learns about this, you know, Metatron's new plan to shut down heaven. Crowley kicks into gear this extremely sadistic, you know, plan to stop the boys from doing what they're doing. Um, so, the plan so sadistic it actually almost works. Like Sam's like, "Oh no, I kind of feel like I, maybe we should stop this." Yeah. <laughs> no, he's right, guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to rag on it too much, but uh, it's it's very much a non-entity of an episode. Like I feel like we're gonna watch the finale next week, and we're gonna have a lot of good things to say about it, and we're gonna be pretty high on it because of this episode and i'm going to completely forget that this episode exists yeah yeah this is um this it's all set up like you said it's all set up um and even when i I initially went into it and i was like oh fuck this episode this is where everybody dies because that's how the like the commercial for it was if i remember like the preview for this episode um but that's just it's such a little brief snippet like the end of this episode where three people die is very quick or two people die one died at the beginning it's just it, it happens like that um, because everything else leading up to it was actually the the meat of the episode, but all that other stuff is just for next episode. Also, can we um can we talk about the fact that Sam and Dean are so busy that uh, Crowley's original plan was to let them find out about this by reading the newspaper? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but when it didn't work, he had to call them on the phone. He's like, "I'm yeah. hatching an evil plot over here, boys. Why aren't yeah. you Why aren't you noticing my evil plot? I've been killing people <laughs> for days, and you haven't fucking noticed. Yeah. Notice me. Notice me. That's pretty funny." <clears throat> Any last thoughts on this episode? I feel like I've 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 said my piece on it. I don't I don't yeah, want to go too. No, uh, I don't want to bash up I, bash it. Came out liking it more in the end because there's enough there's enough stuff here. But like you said, it's it's next episode is what we really want. So uh, thank you to everybody listening. Thank you to our uh, our friends over at patreoncom slash of the week for kicking in some money. We're uh, we're approaching our first or our second goal. Um, like we're like a hundred bucks from our second goal, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Where we do yeah. even more podcast. Um, <laughs> so if, if you enjoy our uh, Cowboy Bebop stuff, if you enjoy our Silver for Monster stuff, uh, our Witcher stuff, just you know. Keep giving us money and we'll keep doing it. I guess yeah, is the, yeah. the real crass way to works. say that. That's, that's, that's how, how this exactly. <laughs> you know, that's how this is going to work. Um, if you're curious about any of that stuff, go check out uh, Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week and sign up, and you get access to the the backlog of all of that. Um, I think that's it. Oh, I did need to do a preview yeah. for next week. Um, next week's preview is what must Sam, Dean, and Castiel sacrifice to forever seal hell. 
question mark. Oh, okay. Oh, Thanks. Indeed. That's a, that's a big one. Um, <clears throat> that's a lot. A lot to deal with. I'm looking forward to finishing out season eight. Oh, since we're finishing season eight, we uh, the week afterwards, we always do a feedback episode. If you have comments oh, yeah. about season eight, if you have comments about Supernatural, if you're curious about our sexual proclivities, you can go to monsteroftheweek.cool slash contact, or you could email us at monsteroftheweekpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I thought I was going to try to set up a phone number. I heard another Supernatural podcast that just takes voicemails, and I think that's pretty dope. But I, I'm not going to have enough time to do that before the feedback episode, so maybe season nine. I don't know. Um, Who knows? If, if, you're, if you're close enough with me in real life and you're listening to this podcast, c- call me <laughs> and leave me a voicemail, <laughs> and I'll play it on the air <laughs> until then. Um, but yeah, do that. We're going to read everybody's question. We have a, we have a guest from our community uh, lined up that I'm pretty excited about, so uh, look forward to that, and uh, we'll be back yeah. next week with more hunts maybe stay strapped stay strapped everybody what he decided show his face Sorry about that, man. I was running a little bit behind. Someone's getting a little honked out over there, huh? Oh, I had to yeah, finish that episode in an autumn call, and then bathroom, water, there's a whole situation. And then um, I realized when I walked into the computer room that we had robbed the lamp here and put it in the bathroom. I, I record by a tiny little lamp light myself because my overhead lamp went out. And the light fixture is so old and so high up that I have not been able to figure out how to change it. And I, I've just given up. Sometimes you just have to give it up. So I just have this little um, lamp on my desk. And, and when I come in, it is just darkness. It's pitch black. And I sort of just fumble my way over to it, knocking over um, supernatural merchandise as I go. Just, just a, just a whole lot of Sams just falling. Bundles on the floor. of Sams, <laughs> so many Sams. And locks of hair, <laughs> demon blood everywhere. Every, every, every surface covered in some kind of fluid. Of course, of course. I just sent you a picture of like the only light source in this room, so you could you can get an idea of what I'm working. Oh, with that's very here. spooky. That might even be spookier than my room. It's um, extremely spooky. <laughs> How are you, man? Okay. Um, chilling. I bought a Switch. I don't f- fucking know why, but I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, just making decisions, making uh, poor decisions, you could say. But I'm making them nonetheless, and I think at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Um, There's something about Christmas time, and this happens to me every single year, where uh, it's it's a confluence of factors. Uh, we, we usually end up doing something with the house, like it's relatively expensive. So like right now we're, we're remodeling the master bedroom. Gold toilets. Um, we have plenty of gifts to buy for, for family and for friends mm-hmm. and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. We're, you know, buying other stuff. So like, we're not like, like broke or anything, but we're like, you know, we, we probably shouldn't spend money in <laughs> any money that we don't <laughs> need to. But then, yeah. but then like I follow Wario 64 on Twitter and mm-hmm. I just, oh, there's everything is on sale. Everything <laughs> like I just, on keep, sale. I just keep buying games. Hey, hey, don't quit. Hey, dogs. Hey, if, you, if you're if you so uh, thirsty for the microphone, dogs, why don't you start your own 
darn podcast, all right? Yeah, I want to hear Rosie and Maybe's opinions about Supernatural season. Hey, Rosie, what the fuck do you think about Sam Winchester, huh? I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, Rosie. I didn't mean to call you out like that. (laughs) Um, Uh, Rosie doesn't really have any opinions on Sam Winchester. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) She did bark at she did bark at the TV one time though. I don't remember what happened. Like there was some weird noise, and she like popped up and like barked at it. I was like, oh okay. It was a weird frequency thing. It used to be Um, a a big problem when I had surround speakers (laughs) because the dogs would hear something, they would just start looking around like, what the fuck was that? I had a I surround sound for a little while, but it always it fucked with my Wi Fi. Like my PS4 would like always disconnect from Wi Fi when I put my Bluetooth speakers on. Obviously, something was interfering somewhere. so I just gave up. It wasn't worth it. I've used those speakers for my record player, though, so it, they did get put to use. The uh, the thing that I've always heard about the PS4 and Wi-Fi is that it shares a chip. Um, in other words, they, they put the Wi-Fi chip and the Bluetooth chip on the same chip. Uh, so that's why, um, and this is this is all like rumors and speculation, but that's why if the that's why people report that they get better uh, download speeds on the PS4 if they put it in rest mode because the controller isn't on, so you're not connecting. Uh, so that. What you're talking, what you're telling me right now, makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it checks out. It definitely based on what you're saying. Yeah, based on um, random internet forum post, <laughs> this all yeah. checks out. It all adds up to me. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> so the real reason, well, we went out uh, just to get a present for her brother, which uh, she was thinking of getting him a game or something, and uh, I wanted to buy. Katamari. I was planning on buying a Switch at some point in the future, but um, not not Sunday. And um, uh, they didn't have Katamari online anymore. And you know, I like to collect dumb shit, especially for Katamari, which is a game that I really like. So I was like, I want to own the the thing for it, y- even though I can't play it, and I own it on PS2. What there was a lot of things stacked against me, but I decided, Chris, you're going to do this, and then it sold out online. Because I kept telling myself, Chris, don't buy a fucking video game for a console that you don't own. That's yeah, it's, stupid. It's, ne- it's never a good idea. Yeah, That's six layers of stupid. And But then it was sold out online overnight, because I checked, like, you know, Friday night, or Saturday night, and then Sunday morning it was gone. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go down to GameStop and see if they have it. And um, I asked the fella, and he said, yeah, yeah, we do. And I said, also, also and as well as do you have the Nintendo Switch video game console that can play that video game? And he said, yes. Would you like to purchase it? And I just suddenly said yes. And then a couple hours later, I was home with the Nintendo Switch. It's extremely dope. What, uh, what color is it? The, it's not the console that's a different color. It's the... Uh, no, it's the Joy-Cons. I got the blue and red one. Blue and red seems pretty dope. Which at first I was against because like, it looks like a little toy. And my 3DS was red, and I always kind of wished that it was, like, a sleeker color than red. Um, But I don't know. I guess over the last two years or however long the Switch has been out, I've just come to identify that console with the two color controllers. So that's that's what feels like the Switch to me, is it looks like this thing with with the wacky colors, and I went with it. What are the um, other colors can you get? The default set is just, like, gray, I guess. Or, like, like, a dark kind of charcoal gray. Um, there's that one, and then the other one is the the red and blue one. And I think that there are some variants. There's like a pink and a green one that was for some game, the Squid, the Squid game. Um, Inklings. What's that game called? <laughs> you just uh, Splatoon. Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, completely so, ran out um, of my brain when you said that. Uh, my boy Steve was telling me about that game and how it's like vaguely like it's like a post apocalyptic world where like only like 
like squid like mutants survived and this is like the world they live in and there's like child soldier octopuses or something like that octopi i was like yo did i i'm in one way i'm surprised to find that out about about splatoon in another way i'm not surprised because everything nintendo does is super fucking weird it is extremely weird yeah. <laughs> i don't think we pay attention or enough attention to how fucking strange they are <laughs> I played a lot of Splatoon on the Nintendo Wii U. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I actually had a really good time playing that. Like it's, it was it was kind of like it filled that um, didn't fill it, but like it was very similar to Overwatch, where you could mm-hmm. be kind of bad at it, but also like make it as a team effort, and you get rewarded kind of for for losing even. So it was just a good time. Like it wasn't didn't feel as twitchy as a lot of first person shooters. So it was it was a good time. That's because you're you're just a kid. You're just a squid kid. I'm just a squid kid. That's all. That's who I am. Just squidding up. How was your? Well, uh, what this is like the penultimate holiday weekend, right? This is this is coming right before Christmas launches off. Before C- Christmas is finally uh, announced. So how was how was your final weekend before the holiday? Uh, it was good. Uh, Duck stream was the weekend. Oh yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna say. I something. watched you do that. <laughs> that was weird. Um, hopefully that worked out okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't watched the, the the feed of it yet. Um, yeah, I I had a pretty good time. Good. I um, I'll probably say something about that a little bit later because a bunch of Monster of the Week people donated and were around, so I'll, mm, I'm gonna mm, shout them out mm. during the episode. But uh, I didn't get to watch the stream as much as I thought I was going to. Um, I did it Friday night, and then shortly after that, it was it was bedtime o'clock for old Jay. Yeah, uh, and then Saturday, I forget what we did on Saturday. I think we we were preparing for home stuff. Oh no, no mm-hmm. Saturday, I went to see Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude, that's a like that's a movie. <laughs> that's yeah, that's one of my favorite that. movies of all time. Now I it's so good. Like I don't I don't not one way or the other that all that into spider-man but like that movie just looks so cool i gotta see it yeah it's the even if you don't like they they lean on some spider-man stuff like if you know spider-man stuff you're gonna like get a kick out of it um especially because spider-man has gotten kind of crazy over the years and so there are all these like multi-universe versions of Mm spider-man and all this stuff uh but even without knowing that like you could just you could probably just turn the dialogue off and still enjoy that movie from just a visual <laughs> yeah. and like audio perspective. It's it's so fucking gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah, I need to I need to see. That. I think I have enough vague Spider-Man knowledge. You yeah, know, I was I was somewhat into it when I was in high school, so. Um when I decided like I'm getting into comic books, I bought uh a Thor comic book. Sure. I don't know okay. why. I, I cuz they hadn't made the Thor movie yet and I thought this guy's what this one's weird. He's the god of thunder like cuz I literally I really did not know anything. Um, and I just, I thought he didn't make sense in, in the whole situation. So I, I got a Thor comic and I, uh, I started checking out Spider-Man and it was dense. It's difficult to penetrate when you don't know what you're doing. The comic books are weird like that, man. If you don't have a good jumping on point, uh, like you could fall into the middle of a thing and not have any idea what's going on because especially with Spider-Man, because there's like four or five different monthly titles and sometimes they all do like crazy crossover epics so you could be like yeah. four months deep into and 16 issues into a you know a clone saga and then you pick up an issue and you're like what the fuck is any of this i don't understand it yeah. this sucks <laughs> uh so yeah like it's i could probably recommend you some good stuff like if you if you want to get into spider-man i would probably tell you to read ultimate spider-man from the beginning this is the ultimate line is when marvel like was like okay 
we have too much canon. This is too much lore, <laughs> guys. We have too much of it. Let's reboot and let's like reimagine this stuff. We'll call it the ultimate line. So it's it's kind of a complete reboot. It's Spider Man. He's a he's a teenager. At one point, he's crushing pretty hard on Kitty Pride, which I could appreciate. Is it Kitty Pride is my girl? Is it Peter Parker in that? Yeah, yeah, oh, and that's oh. and that's eventually where I think Miles Morales comes from, which is okay. The, uh, the new spider-man kind of um the the, the new hotness so uh all of that stuff is is really good like and that's a good point even though as you might imagine because it's comic books like by issue 100 all that shit is fucking crazy again like they just put all of the lore back (laughs) into it they couldn't help themselves they had all the lore they just have to squeeze it in and change it Uh, but that's a good jumping on point for some of that stuff uh for thor there's actually like a 70s run of thor that's really good written by uh, whatever i bought of thor was it was you know, volume one, mm-hmm. trade paperback, whatever the fuck. But uh, it, I, I was extremely lost. I think it was like right before. So I think maybe he had just like reincarnated as like a new dude on Earth. Yeah, that and, happens from time to time. Yeah. And then Tony Stark came and was like, yo, come be in, be in Civil War. Oh, and he oh, said, yeah, yeah. And he said no, and he threw his hammer at Tony Stark. I was like, but I thought that they were pals. What the fuck did I get myself into? Yeah, Civil War was a lot different than the movie Civil War. <laughs> the comic book yeah. thing actually like I, had some issues. <clears throat> that was like popping off when I was in high school. So that the only thing I really knew was that people were really hyped about Civil War because there was new stuff all, coming out all the time and all these different. And I thought that the idea of it was really cool. All these different series meeting together because again, my knowledge of it was so little that I didn't really even know how they already intersected. But I was like, wait, Spider-Man and Iron Man are fighting? That doesn't make... And I don't think that that's true. I think it's Spider-Man and Captain America, right? They fight? Um, It's it's a whole issue because the, the there was a... In, in the comics, there's a character called Speedball. And uh, Speedball is a kind of a, like a B-level... Uh, <laughs> maybe Speedball? It's not Cannonball. I think it's Speedball. Uh <laughs> He's like kind of like a B-level superhero who can like conjure these bouncing balls, and it's just goofy and wacky and fun. He's never been a serious character, but he goes to like try to save somebody in an elementary school and loses control over his powers and like kills somebody, kills a kid or something, or kills a couple of kids. I don't really remember the details. Um, Mai is probably like grinding her teeth right now listening to me half-ass tell this story. Uh, but so because of that, they want to um basically litigate superheroes you have to register to be a superhero now and that means you have to give up your your secret identity so there's people that like spider-man that are like very anti that who's been very attacked his family has been attacked multiple times and then he's like if if uh if mary jane or whoever finds out that i've been making out with her as spider-man she's gonna be super fucking weirded out (laughs) mary jane knows he's told mary jane he's he's married to that broad so they have no secrets They've been married and she's died several times. It's all a big, it's all a big ordeal. It's a whole um, thing. Yeah. It's like supernatural kind of. It's, it's a lot like supernatural. Yeah. Comic books <laughs> and supernatural have a lot in common, especially with the okay. death resurrection. So we're, you're right there. Yeah. Oh man. But, and, and look, get into some X-Men sometime. If you want to get to some real bonker shit about, you know, who's, who's kid and what timeline and all of this other stuff. I jumped back onto and, the X-Men at one point and uh, the plot line, they've re they rebooted as X-Men number one. And the plot line was uh, <clears throat> leading up to this. Cyclops had become kind of a terrorist and had ultimately oh. killed uh, Professor Xavier. Uh, so there was this huge schism. Cyclops and Magneto and a couple of other mutants were all like running around as not the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but like a like a like a a rebel X Men group almost. Uh, mm-hmm. So Beast was like, "Oh, 
I know the best thing for this. I know the best way to heal everybody. I'm going to travel back in time and get the 1960s X-Men. I'm going to get 15-year-old Cyclops, <laughs> bring them into the 2018 because, you know, age doesn't mean anything in comics. And then I'm going to like, <clears throat> show these people what they became and that's going to somehow heal like it was one of those like step one go back in time step two bring these kids back step three question 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 step yeah, four profit yeah, yeah. uh and one of my favorite bits about that is that cyclops 15 year old cyclops does not like old cyclops at all and, and he's uh, still a fucking nerd virgin both sides i, I assume well he meets his dad uh which because he was an orphan so he meets his dad who was a cool space pirate and he just says fuck it i'm going with my dad to space see y'all later <laughs> <laughs> and that kicks off a really great Cyclops miniseries where he like wow. makes out with an alien and goes on a bunch of adventures and has still a virgin, I bet. Oh yeah, definitely still virgin territory. My, I think the the what I'm realizing now is that the the problem with me potentially getting into comic books. Let's say I had free access to every Marvel comic book. Mm-hmm. The, the issue would be that I would no longer get to enjoy it from the outside because I have a limited understanding our general understanding of what most of the big franchises are. Um, I grew up in the time of superhero movies, the good ones and the bad ones. And that stuff has just sort of been like, you know, I've just been ingrained in me. I had the nineties cartoons. So I've got these different versions of most of the characters uh, and most of the storylines, you know, vaguely my friends have been into it over the years, but then you tell me shit like what you just told me. And I just think, what the Cyclops is a terrorist. And he killed like it. But then just imagining the, the how it gets to that point is just so insane to me. But then if I actually read it, I'm sure it's just as insane. But at the same time, it's like the, the mysticism vanishes. You know, the curtain is pulled back and now I see point A to point B, how they got there. Whereas now I'm just thinking, oh, what in tarnation? See, <laughs> this is, is how I feel. On? This is how I feel about JoJo. Like, I feel yeah. like I feel like everything that I see about JoJo, which I consume mostly through uh patty stardust <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and i because you're not i don't think you watched it i don't remember you really mentioned no, it or i tried about it. but yeah. i for, whatever <laughs> but i see i see people talking about it and i see it like it comes up when i listen to podcasts people are getting get way into it and um I, it's and i've tried like i watched the first episode and i was like eh, i'm not really into this like i but i was kind of tipsy and i just really wasn't the right moment so i didn't give it a good honest try but right. now i feel like if i try to like really get into it I, I'm going to lose out with some of that, like that mysticism, like you're talking about, like in my head, it's this whole thing. And if it's not that mm-hmm, whole thing, when mm-hmm. I get into it and look, listeners, I know you're, I know <laughs> planet Namek is warming up their keyboards right now and going, actually, Jeremy, it is just yeah. as crazy as you would imagine, but yeah, I don't care because I, the, I have whole, a the whole thread <laughs> is just Jojo talk. <laughs> is it? See, I never, I yeah, hardly that's ever all go it in is there. Now. If you go in there, it's no, it's not any other anime anymore it's just jojo it's just jojo good because i pop in i'm like are they talking about real people or is this i I guess i'm just like i can't penetrate it at all it's fine you've created a anime channel that has now left you behind how does that feel it's called planet namek what's the planet that piccolo's from that's nothing to do with jojo it's about green aliens i called it planet name k in my head for so long i think i've told you name k it was just planet name k in my head i'm comfortable with that because that's probably how he originally intended it to be pronounced (laughs) oh boy now that we're talking about our own discord you want to do the podcast so that i can finish eating dinner yeah sure absolutely let's 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 do that let me get a let's lock it in bro